there's this producer out there called Zombie, right? Is, um, and then John was like, like, yeah, probably some SoundCloud rapper. And then I was like, oh, he should be called Lil Zombie if he was a SoundCloud rapper. Like, Lil Nas X, but it's Lil Zombie. Lil Zombie. Oh, that'd be perfect. The it's best a name. Great name. Lil Zombie. I should become a SoundCloud rapper under that pseudonym. Just make the name. You don't have to put anything out. Yeah, just make the profile Lil Zombie. That's what I told yeah. her. I told her to go ahead and just secure it so that it's yours. Yeah, no matter what. SoundCloud.com slash Lil Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> All the listeners just desperately struggling to see if you actually did it because they're like, oh, that's a genius name. By the time this episode is out, I would have done it. Yes. The next Walking Dead spinoff will be a fucking musical set around Lil Zombie. <laughs> It'll be a struggling rapper who yeah. gets. Caught. It'll be Atlanta, but for zombies. It'll be Atlanta, but the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta has a great Halloween stuff. Yeah. yeah. It won't be like Paper Boy. It'd be like Brains Boy or whatever. Plus, it'd be taking Walking Dead back to its origins. It was in Atlanta from the get go. Atlanta. Atlanta, GA. What are you saying? Come on. Come on. TV man. people. These are free ideas. Can we make it like set now though because then the atlanta braves could be the last world <laughs> ever and then and you just zombies, end history there <laughs> all the zombies will be walking around it should be set straight after that game yeah, yeah. Had, had that been a thing yet you know there's always zombies like going to the mall and you know trying to relive their life or whatever had there been like a guy playing baseball like a zombie baseball league that would be great what negan he has a baseball bat i mean yeah playing the game I feel like if anyone's going to do it, it'd be Romero, though, right? Like, cause yeah. he's always putting, like, some, like, yeah. you know, what What did I say to Julia the other day? I was, shit, I was trying to remember. Uh, oh, yeah, they're occupational zombies. <laughs> <laughs> they, always, they got jobs. They got kids to they feed, all have bro. Jobs. They got jobs. They got bills yeah. to pay. Oh, man. It would, oh, my God. That'd be they're great. the working class in these <laughs> yeah. movies. That's what the movie's called. Yeah. The working oh, the class, occupation. but with two Zs. Um, Featuring little and it zombie. starts at like the little unemployment zombie. like center, and they're all like drones. Uh, you know, they're all like fucking tired, like zombies, but they're not zombies uh, yet. And then they yeah, zombies. Yeah, got ideas for free. Job center of the dead. Yeah, yeah, job center of the dead. We come up with so many ideas like every episode, and like I don't know if we're ever ever gonna do them. So you guys feel free, just uh, sign us on as producers and give us like. 90% yeah, the, of the money. 90%. Most yeah. of the money. Most of the executive money. producer credit. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Take Welcome that. to Franchise. <laughs> presented <laughs> by the Breadcrumbs Collective. The podcast where each season we go through some of Hollywood's biggest movie franchises one film at a time as we try to figure out what makes a franchise good. We're getting a little bit better. What makes a franchise bad? Those last three movies. And what makes a franchise work? Maybe the original filmmaker making the films. This is your host, Jonathan Foster. And I am here today with my zombie. I mean, you're still a zombie boy, Phil. Zombie boy, Phil. How's it going? I'm always zombie boy. boy. I'm either sick or tired or jet lagged. Mm -hmm. There's always something going on. You catch me on any day. Exactly. I have inside me, there are two wolves. wolves. (laughs) And they are both depressed. Maybe if you'd like, you know, stuck to your bubble boy sort of aesthetic. I wanted to. You wouldn't be a zombie boy. I wanted to, but the government reopened cinemas. Maybe because you were a bubble boy all the time that when you finally went out into the world to, you know, to test out, you know, what it's like to not be a bubble boy. 
you got sick immediately and became a zombie. Exactly. Because I am a zombie boy because I was a bubble boy. Yeah. Inside you, there are two boys. That is two two little boys. (laughs) How about I pound you like a boy? That didn't come out right. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here, of course, with our little zombie. (laughs) Who is it? (laughs) Who's behind that little zombie? (laughs) Troy Barnes. It's Ariane and Antipucci. My daughter. What's up, Ariane? Hey, Dad. Hi, Phil. Getting good, sick, dope beats. The the beats are sick. They're viral, um, <laughs> as in they're highly contagious. Um, if yeah. you've been exposed to said sick beats, please quarantine for two weeks. Wash your hands, wear a mask, etc. Um, like basically everything you said, literally could have just been used by someone who's like trying to market an album and not even doing yeah. it like cleverly. Exactly. It's just like you see, oh, it's a sick beat. We have it's going so viral. many good ideas on this show <laughs> <laughs> that never come to fruition, <laughs> and it's your job, listeners, to make them come to fruition. Yeah. As in, just yeah. Oh, I can do. Tell it. people like, about it. Fucking yeah. talk. I mean, that's all. Tell I'm people that we're spitting bars on yeah. here. Tell them. We're we're doing the beginning, like the end at the beginning. Like, go over there. Like, tell people about this show. Yeah. Tell them about. Tell them now. Tell them now. Or we're gonna come bite you. That's all we really have. We're all zombified now, right? Yeah. But we're like smart zombies. We're like we're like later Romero ones. I'm a rapper zombie, apparently. Exactly. (laughs) I got like got a whole new emerging career now that she's a zombie. But we all learn how to use microphones, a laptop, and the internet. Hey guys, Sarah Michelle Fetters of MovieFreak.com said, This time Romero's aim is on American delusions of security and superiority in a post 9 11 world, gently comparing our current political decision makers <laughs> with the clueless hoi polloi of Fiddler's Green. Oh. oh. Lisa Rose of the Newark Star Ledger said it's depressingly evident that the horror pioneer has been surpassed by his imitators. Mm. Roger Moore. No, not not that Roger Moore. Not not James Bond Roger Moore, but Roger oh. Moore of Orlando Sentinel said the metaphor that a society that doesn't recognize the evil it is doing might be getting its comeuppance would have been a cool subtext in a better movie, but this dead doesn't jolt, shock, scare, or amuse. It just staggers along very, very slowly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Renee Rodriguez of Miami Herald said, it is a perfectly adequate horror romp, but it's hard to imagine anyone remembering it five years from now. Hmm. Mm. I mean, we're 15 years yeah, later. Yeah, we're, true. we're talking about Just it. Just proving it. Yeah. Uh, Richard Roper of Everett and Roper said, zombies just aren't that interesting as villains because they zombie ahead. What? They zombie ahead. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Oh, okay. They're little zombie ahead. <laughs> little yeah, zombie. Little zombie ahead. That's yeah. the title. That's the yeah, album. Jesus Christ. Makes sorry. <laughs> Roger Ebert of Ebert and Roper said, it's good to see Romero back in the genre he invented with Night of the Living Dead and still using zombies not simply for target practice, but as a device for social satire. So Roger Deber liked it. All right. And <laughs> Felix Vasquez Jr. Here we go. A cinema crazed. What does Felix say? He loved it. Romero is back. 
and just as good as he was then. Woo! See? Called it. Let's get Boy. to it. Kaufman. Ah, the one that got away. That's right. Remember you said we should talk when I was less excited? Well, I'm a lot less excited right now. What do you want, Mr. DeMora? Well, you might have noticed that uh, I had to leave in a hurry, so I didn't get a chance to take my money out of your bank. I'd like you to handle that withdrawal for me with interest. Five million dollars. I'm gonna blow you out of your fucking castle because I've got dead reckoning. That's unfortunate. Well, unfortunate for you, perhaps. Now, I want you to put that money on a boat and send it across the river to the south side, 10th Street Pier. One man to drive the boat, no more. You have till midnight, that's two and a half hours. Now, I won't be there and dead reckoning won't be there, but I'll know if it happens and I'll know if it doesn't happen. Copy? Trouble? In a world where the dead are returning to life, the word trouble loses much of its meaning. He wants money. Pay him. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We have other options. We survived the night, the dawn, and the day of George A. Romero's original Dead trilogy. We've made pit stops with remakes, love letters, loose sequels, and television series using the <laughs> monster as a plot device, all largely inspired by that original series of films. Without Night of the Living Dead, we wouldn't have the zombie that we know today. So it is time to go back to 2005, 20 years after Romero's Day of the Dead, to see where the master of the zombie film seeped in social commentary would like to take us next. And what film, Bill? At the land of the dead. <laughs> we made it to land. We landed. We landed. What time is land? Shouldn't it be afternoon? Yeah. Like mid-afternoon? The land before time. The Land Before Time, thank you. Land of the Lost oh, of the I Dead. I get it. That's, dude, yeah. he's a Littlefoot fan. Oh, I should have known. Gang. Romero's great. <laughs> Gang. Romero's yeah. great. <laughs> the world as we know it. They must be destroyed. Is no more. Cities are under siege. The Land of the Living has become. Feeding up human flesh. The Land of the Dead. If these creatures ever develop the power to think, to reason, we're all dead. In one last outpost... It was my ingenuity that took an old world and made it into something new. We have survived. Rivers protect us on two sides. I put up the fences to make it safe. And these fences go all the way across? Both ways. But if the living can adapt... Things are changing. These guys are not just walking. So can the dead. It's like they're pretending to be alive. They're mindless walking corpses. They'll never get across the river. Toward the city. There's nothing there, man. They're communicating. They're thinking. Ah! We're going back to see if we can help. 
Trouble. In a world where the dead are returning to life, the word trouble loses much of its meaning. We're running out of time. George A. Romero's Land of the Dead. Zombies, man. They creep me out. In a world where zombies form a majority of the population, the remaining humans build a feudal society away from the undead in an outpost of Pittsburgh called Fiddler's Green. Ruthless Paul Kaufman, played by Dennis Hopper, rules and protects this microcosm, but enforces painful class distinctions. Riley Dimbo, played by Simon Baker, who is in the complete wrong film, uh, yeah. designer and commander of Dead Reckoning, an armored vehicle stockloaded with missiles, machine guns, and fireworks, drives into the zombie-infested areas to scavenge supplies for the city. Second-in-command Cholo Demora, played by John Lugazamo, attempts to lead a secret rebellion against Kaufman's tyranny after he is screwed over and banished by Kaufman. Don't think he's actually like trying to, dude, he wanted to be up in there. That dude just said no, so he said, fuck you, I'm going to blow up the I'm city. blowing your shit it, up. He's not a good it's guy. A guy. It's a Guy folk story. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Remember, remember the land of the dead. Uh, <laughs> he stills dead reckoning and he threatens to bomb the city if he isn't paid $5 million. And I have to ask, why in the fuck are you going to do this? Because like, what are you going to do with the money when you leave the place Where that uses money? Because you just threaten to blow it up and no one there will want you there in the first place. So where are you going to spend this money? You go to another town, man. I'm imagining in this world. Same currency? What town? I'm imagining in this world, you know, this is years later and they've figured out how to live. Yeah, there are, there are outposts and <laughs> I don't shit. Know. You know? I'm giving <laughs> it too much credit. He's giving Walking Dead. Yeah. Bayer's yeah. still fucking scavenging inside of like outskirts of town. Some men just want to watch the world burn. All right. Joker era. How is there anything left in any of these towns? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, they scavenged the hell out of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh is fucked. In exchange for his freedom to leave the city for Canada, Riley and his simple sharpshooter best friend Charlie, played by Robert Joy, and prostitute Slag, played by Asia <laughs> Argento, are, are tasked by Kaufman to stop Cholo and retrieve dead reckoning. But when the zombies begin to evolve, led by a former gas station attendant named Big Daddy, played by Eugene Fuck Clark, yeah. the survivors Blood. must discover a way to protect themselves from a zombie horde heading to the city. It is the 2005 post-apocalyptic zombie horror written and directed by George A. Romero. Hot takes out the gate. Boo! <sighs> okay. It's going to be hard. <laughs> I'm very curious to see what you guys think. Mm -hmm. I will be as honest as possible. Go for it. I liked Land of the Dead. Though it's actually pretty dope. Though it's really fun. What I liked about it, George Romero coming back, and I don't, he hasn't lost any of its bite, wit, the satire. It's all there. Again, it's metaphorical. There's something to say, talking about class system and working class and rich people, just you know, separating the worker from the means of production, doing the Bo Burnham song. It, it, was, it was great. And about the walls we put up in society and how we turn the lower you know, groups against each other, not realizing that they have a common enemy, which is the guy on in the ivory tower. It's not even the zombies. I thought 
the zombies naturally evolved as well, which was nice coming off Day of the Dead. I'm glad he didn't drop that plot thread. It was like going on from Bub, where you have Big Daddy, who's mm-hmm. like now one of my favorite zombies, thought he's cool as fuck, <laughs> learning how to use weapons, teaching them how to use weapons, yeah. taking risks, pushing, going into the war, things like that. Love that. And they're not even really the main antagonist, which I appreciate. They're, they're just this thing they have to deal with, um, which I really liked. And I thought makes sense, again, at this point in the timeline, people just get used to it. People find a way. They build a new routine around zombies. Mm-hmm. But I thought the zombies were really cool and there's some really cool, the effects are still on point. Tom Tavini showed up. Nick fucking, showed th- up. Yeah, yeah, the fucking, the kills are cool. There's some stuff I've not seen. Another zombie, but he always stepped. I feel like every remember movie he stepped up. This fucking new inventive way for people and zombies to die. I really like the story. I feel like even though this one is definitely a bigger budget than he used to, there's still I feel like it's lacking in scope to really sell the idea. And the characters are kind of half-assed, and the cast is kind of hit and miss. And like that's where it really falls down, and that's really disappointing, considering that's something he's always been good at. But it's to the point where he's not even trying. Like the most interesting character is Cholo, because he had an actual arc, and he changed it, and he challenged, even if his plan makes no sense. Riley, it, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. He's just a pretty boy leading man, and it just, I, I kind of like it because he seems so done with it. <laughs> and I, I thought that worked well. But like his thing with Charlie is cool, but it's like that feels like it's supposed to go somewhere and it doesn't. Yeah. Same with Black. Just none of those arcs really go anywhere. Yeah. But they're all good and well played, if that makes sense. Like none of them are annoying, or I liked all my time with them. I wish I got more Dennis Hopper. At the big bad, I feel like he's kind of barely yeah, in it. Yeah, it's a bit of lackluster. Uh, yeah. Kind of phoning it in a little mm. bit, but, you know, don't top her. So, really mixed feeling at this point. It, it's good, not great. Mm. Um, but maybe it's, it's kind of setting a tone for where he is now. I don't know if he... It's cool to see him back, but I don't know if he had that much more to give yeah. to the genre. But, sorry, please. What, what did you guys think? I agree with you. Mixed feelings, good but not great. I think it's really interesting, though, that Romero, after um, the sort of gap between, you know, Day of the Dead and Land of the Dead, he's, I know so many, like, I've seen so many directors refuse to get with the times, you know what I mean? Ex- mm-hmm. Refuse to explore um, current and future. They sort of, you know, stay in their, their comfort zones of, like, yeah. let's do movies set in the past set when in my heyday and such and such but Romero really leans into it and takes it a step further and I thought that was really really cool especially with some of his sort of like stature yeah Simon Baker a miss for me the cast yeah. completely hit or miss I agree with you but a complete miss for me because I I cannot stand him um, <laughs> Riley is Riley just feels like a placeholder to me he didn't yeah. feel like mm. he was leading like Okay, I get it. This is their truck. This is their mission. This is what they're supposed to do. I love the fucking truck, Dead Reckoning. The I Dead thought Reckoning. that was so, so cool. cool. It yeah. reminded me of like the Matrix for some reason because it felt it's a tight space and it's this really sort of almost cyberpunky crew. They're all like hodgepodge together in this tiny, tiny place. But then Riley just feels like I love that he's done with it. I love that it's like this is my last job. This is it. I'm gonna go to fucking Canada. <laughs> I'm getting away from people. Exactly. He just feels really empty and i get he why he doesn't want to be around people because people don't want to be around him yeah yeah kind of a dick <laughs> yeah it's kind of a dick he's a total dick and i hate that 
um, some of the characters felt like extensions of Riley that had no purpose. Like I would have loved, like you said, I would have loved to see anybody other, other than Cholo have development, like with <coughs> Charlie and Slack and, and the, the women here. I don't even pretty boy. Yeah. Um, Doesn't like say these are all, they all have cool <laughs> fucking nicknames. Yeah. Cool nicknames. They That's all have it. Cool fucking jobs yeah. in the thing, but I don't know what the yeah. thing does or what their jobs are. That would have been so interesting to sort of just explore that crew, but I get that's not the film for it. Um, mm. John Leguizamo, great, even though, yeah, his plan made zero sense. But yeah. I, it's again, goes back to that commentary thing of like, this is a man that's been chewed up, spat out by the system, no matter how hard he's tried to play by the system's rules. And eventually he breaks out of that, tries to fight back. Mm. And then it kills him, which yeah. sucks. Mm. And it's such a bleak, like perspective. The movie bleak as fuck. Like I'm glad he kept that. George A. Romero still he had oh such a God. nihilistic output. I don't know what <laughs> he seemed really fucking friendly in real life. Yeah. yeah. But these yeah, movies yeah. you'd think like my Sad God. Sad as hell. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's crazy. crazy. Like you know Yeah. Because even the way like Cholo goes out, it's sort of like, nah, just just leave me. Like I want to see what it's like on the other side. Oh, <laughs> you know, man. he just like turns But he into also a still zombie. has that thing of like which which goes into the whole zombies evolving thing of like there's still a part of them in there. Yeah, he completes his mission. He fucks yeah. he up Dennis it. Hopper completely. Yeah. He aims the weapon. Yeah, goes for Hopper. He goes yeah. really cool, him, and then he gets blown up. And this is the only instance I think of evolving zombies, zombies that could think that I don't hate because I'm usually so kind of like oh they're fucking mindless. There's no nobody in there mm-hmm. yeah. but this i really enjoyed i thought big daddy was i think he's great he's such a leader love that, that was such an interesting cry yeah when you know when his friend is killed like yeah. he just hold, he thought he's left holding yeah. the head which looked amazing and, and his cry he of anger it. yeah big yeah. daddy's great yeah. yeah yeah the whole thing with the fireworks and and oh they don't work no more yeah <laughs> And like the, that thing at the end where, um, which is, which like encapsulates the whole thing where like these zombies, they're just looking for a place to go just like the remaining. I love that. Which yeah. is yeah. such a, like a rallying, like, you know, unifying like class cry. Like we're all just trying to make it here. Yeah. Meanwhile, exactly. these fuckers up in their big shiny Donald Trump buildings are like, <laughs> I mean, you can't get in here with us. Just give me the, give me your cigars. And you know, Oh my God. He just wait. He just, uh, each regardless, like, of how successful Romero is sometimes, he is always on point. And I feel like he's always ahead of his time. Even though this movie is so reactionary, like to that what that critic said, I think it is definitely in response to the American uh, American move to a stricter, stronger, or, you know, focus on security and keeping the country safe. And post 9 11, that makes sense. And he translated Zombies great. And that world is so interesting. And I've seen this version done like the last of us is kind of this version of a zombie future that's why i wanted more of the world i I know he's not that big into world building but i wish i think that would have helped because this movie is tight hour 30 max it's really short give it and i would have liked maybe another 10 20 minutes at the beginning just to give me some scope yeah and it would have helped you even just to think how they're because i got confused about like what they live like yeah exactly beyond just guys in suit to come in and out of building and obviously, there's a black porter because obviously there is one. They found one in a zombie apocalypse. Um, but he's always ahead of his time. Yeah. That's what I sort of miss about things like Day of the Dead because it's like, even though 
at the beginning of the film, it's like, oh man, I want to see so much more of this. But like the beginning of Day of the Dead, like when you get that, like they're in oh, this city, perfect. but they Hello. have to fucking leave. It's <laughs> it's just so cool because you get like you get an idea of what you're dealing with. It's so desolate, and then they go and yeah. stick everybody down underground. But I yeah, this film, I'm kind of with you guys on mix, but more so in the end of I kind of didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do agree like i like that romero's back and he's still trying to do something that has like a big message behind it and you guys are right it is very much against the whole 9-11 sort of bush uh rumsfeld cheney sort of administration and uh he's really on the nose with it but i also think that's part of the problem because like romero from the original night of living dead never like intended like i said he never intended to do that as a social commentary just by chance kind of turned out to be that way casting a black man as the lead actor was just because he was the best actor and then it just by chance when they finished the film martin luther king or king jr had been murdered so it was like as they were taking that movie to new york to get someone to say like oh if you like do you guys want to you know release this like they heard it on the radio (laughs) and then they were like oh shit and then in retrospect is sort of like, Oh wow, this is such a, like a brilliant social commentary. And he sort of like went with that for the rest of his films. But this one's like, it's almost too on the nose. It's like, it's really in your face, but in some respects it's fine because I think it's always interesting. And it, like you said, Phil, it's very nihilistic, like in bleak um, (laughs) when someone takes a story like this in a, like a post apocalyptic society where, I think that's the most depressing thing about this film. You escape everything about like your normal society because like you, you get like a reset because like Mm. the end of the world comes zombies are here. Like you of course can, you know, join a community. Like that's what a lot of these like zombie films and TV shows and everything are always about. It's like people reforming communities and stuff. And uh, people with skills and stuff like you know f- just doing what they do best to kind of help grow a new community but like this is where like it's the worst possible way a, so- a society can go where it's like we just basically do everything exactly. the exact same thing make the same mistakes there's a class system and it's so fucking <laughs> depressing so i do like that aspect of it but like really it does get kind of taken away by the fucking cast <laughs> and like that's the thing there's yeah. too many people for one yeah. thing it's almost too big like i like a romero film that's very small like you know just a few people and Four, three people yeah, yeah. The, the few people they do focus on are like just kind of wrong like simon baker's riley is very strange like the whole time i was like dude he just doesn't look like he looks too pretty for this He's too pretty. Um, his knife, his yeah, clothes are fucking too nice. Too nice. Yeah. It looks like a video game character, like yeah. someone you're supposed to, maybe that's intentional. You know, video game characters tend to be very blank. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. And like someone for you to just project on because you're experiencing the world through their eyes. Yeah. But it's a movie. You don't have to do that. Yeah. If you give them personality. We tend to like people with actual personality. <laughs> yeah. Julia was like, oh, he just looks like somebody from like CSI or something. What the fuck is he doing? Yeah, Yeah, literally. That's what it feels like. Even the way it's shot and and like produced or designed, it it feels like something we watch on TV now, like 10 years ago, maybe not Mm. now, but um, 
and he's exactly in that like pocket because mm. he's the fucking mentalist. But also like, what 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 else did he do that I remember him from fucking um, Devil Wears Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. like the yeah. Devil Wears Prada. Oh he's yeah, and he's like a kind of sleazy, horrible guy, and you're expecting Riley the whole time to sort of. I wish he went bad. I wish he turned. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. wish he was uh, a good guy because there yeah. was potential there for him to do that, but he he didn't. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a writing thing or a character thing or, or or just like, oh yeah, no, we just expect certain things from Simon Baker, but yeah, yeah no, he's very flat in this, which is that's, a shame. Yeah. And again, the, the, the hint of something interesting with him, I like the thing of nothing bad happened to mm-hmm. me. I don't have I don't have the tragic bullshit backstory that everybody else had. I just need to get the fuck out of here mm. because everyone is crazy. It's not safe for you with the zombies, not safe for you, even with people, because look what people have done to us again. So yeah. I'm just going to go fuck off and die in the mountain somewhere. <laughs> and hey, do you want to come with me? There's something there, really. But yeah, it's never challenged and he's never really faced with any. Feels like thing. a very reluctant hero. Yeah. Yeah, like he does the whole thing of like protecting the kid from being shot, even though he needs to be shot. And I get it because they shouldn't have been there in the first place, but then he ends up doing it later. And it's like, he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't grow. Yeah. That, yeah. He's, yeah. he's just kind of one like thing needs to happen there. to him. He's just there. Yeah, he's really. just there. Like Robert there Joy is Charlie Hulk is like his best friend, sort of like simple fellow. Who's a sharpshooter who like, I thought he was, was cool. Yeah. Burnt in, in a fire and Riley had pulled him out. Like, I mean, he has so yeah. much more going on for him as a side character. John Lugazamo is Cholo way more going on for him. Like you said, he's got a proper fucking arc. It's like, I would have just rather given him more screen time. Like, just cut oh, for sure. him the movie. Yeah, he's, you know? he's great. I love John Leguizamo. And then, like, it was, it was, a, like, this was funny. All right, so we already had John Leguizamo. And then, it's revealed that the overseer of this city, ruling it with an iron fist, he's loved by the elite, but reveled by the lower classes. And it's just like this shot they show of his hands holding a glass and it's the back of a chair. It's like the Gremlins poster or something. But then like, uh-huh. they reveal who it is and it's, uh, it's fucking Dennis Hopper. And I was just like, this is Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Literally, I was it's just about to say that. movie. It's you mad Super Mario Brothers. John Lugazamo. He's fucking yeah. King Koopa. This is Koopa, ah, Koopa Land. Did you Bob Hoskins? Like, yeah. Bob Hoskins and Riley would yes. have fucking smashed yeah. it. It would have been Where's great. Pratt? I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anti-Italian man. discrimination. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just like, it's weird because like a lot of these characters don't And do two much steps for back me. for the female like, characters as well. Yeah. Oh my yes, God. Yeah. Like, come on. Gento, she's great. She's the daughter of Dario Argento. Yeah, yeah. Romero has known her since she was a toddler, and like, yeah. he, and apparently she was awesome. Like on on set, like all the guys were like, "Dude, she's like, you could tell, like, you know, she's grown up around this. She's your fucking lead, then. If she's your, she should have been the fucking lead. You know, she should have grew up in horror movies. What does Romero do best? It's fucking films that have strong female characters, like. And like the last couple, like Dawn of the Dead and Day, and Day of the Dead, yeah, tremendous. It's like I and would have like, preferred it, but she just had a generic is in background. That pocket of like between those two worlds, you know what I mean? Like she's she's working from like a lower class background, yeah. but she works for she she caters to the the high like the yeah. elite. You they know? just and, really and don't touch on it at all. They don't yeah. like she like, supposedly she hook it, but don't talk yeah. about it. She supposedly had been like, you know, put in that, you know, sort of zombie prison 
escape match or whatever. <laughs> like, oh yeah, which is kind of an interesting. That was cool. I like kind that. of a cool little underground bullshit sort of thing going fight on. Club. And yeah, this weird zombie fight club, but they like stick a woman inside the middle, so they fight over, you know, this live meat. But like, she was supposedly stuck in there by Dennis Hopper, but they never share a scene together at all. They're not at even all, on screen yeah. together at all, which is strange. But like, I don't like how she at times is strong and kind of cool, but then other times she's like doing that thing like, oh, Riley, you're yeah. so cute. Oh, we go. Uh, it's like, no, don't do that. She doesn't need no. that. It's I'm fine if characters have a, like a love for each other and they fall in love with each other, but you could do it in ways where it's just not like, oh, this is like, oh, like oh, the girl and the guy, oh, she loves them all. It's like so cute. Oh, it's so <laughs> They're the shit. only guy and girl on screen, so they have to get together. Yeah, it's just so shit. That, like, it kind of ruined the film for me. Another thing that I hated about this film was, uh, like, literally hated it was the music in the film because it was so new. It was like, it felt uh, like a, a modern horror film. And I'm like, I get like Romero's going with the times and that's like the kind of music that's around. But man, could you imagine this film if it had a really cool like Day of the Dead style or Dawn of the Dead soundtrack? Yeah. Like just the Oh yeah, like a goblin soundtrack. Like it, it would have given it a different <sighs> feel. Yeah. It would have made this film so much better. <laughs> it's really weird. But yeah, as I mentioned, there was a 20-year gap between Land of the Dead and Romero's previous film, Day of the Dead. So in between these films, Romero was working on the popular horror anthology TV series, Tells from the Dark Side. His film about a homicidal service monkey called Monkey Shines. <laughs> Another collaboration with Dario Argento based on a couple of Edgar Allan Poe stories called Two Evil Eyes. And an adaptation of Stephen King's The Dark Half. He produced Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead remake in the early 90s. And in 1998, he produced and directed an unaired TV pilot about pro wrestling called Iron Fuck City yeah. Ass Kickers. And that sounds amazing. This is so bizarre. So this was like, it, it came out in the early 90s, this weird TV pilot. It was... Uh, like a month before the Attitude Era happened. It, and it's bizarre. Like there, you can look it up. There's a trailer for it because a DVD was released for this in Oh my God, we should have done a, should have been a side mission. I didn't know about it really. I think I had <laughs> heard of it, but I didn't know that's what it was. It's so strange. So like, yeah, it's a really bizarre look at 90s pro wrestling culture, but it's really extreme. The wrestling's really insane. Uh, like there's, it's it's really bizarre. He was like, he was ahead of the curve. It's very Attitude Era before Always. Attitude Era actually happened. It's so insane. But it never got made. It was just like a, a one-off pilot. Also, in 1998, something else we missed out on. Romero directed a live-action commercial for the video game Biohazard 2, which is Resident Evil Resident 2. Evil. So nice. a Japanese trailer. But it also led him to being considered to direct the first Resident Evil movie in 2002. Oh, could you imagine? But he declined, stating that his zombie days were behind him and <sighs> that he couldn't make a movie that was based on something that wasn't his. Fair enough. But he eventually did decide to write a script, but it was rejected. And they gave this, the job to Paul W.S. Anderson, who <laughs> made the series as we know it today. Mr. Anderson. Dude, the... <laughs> 
trailer, that little trailer for Biohazard 2 is pretty fucking cool. Like I know the one you mean. Yeah. I, like I, I'm just kind of like, dude, I want to see Romero's version. That's I felt like movie. it would have been more like the original video game, like than we got, which would have yeah. been way better. <laughs> 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 Although that's not me shitting on Resident Evil films because that is something one day I hope to do for franchise. <laughs> like I said when we started this zombie experience here, I just wanted to get these out of the way. Cause I felt like you had to, you had to start from the Godfather. You can't just jump yeah. in some random bullshit zombie films, but yeah, then Romero made his film bruiser. And then he started getting into comics, which was under the DC comics, uh, label called toe tags. And he wrote a six issue series called the death of death. <laughs> Maybe we'll mm. hear about something like that next week. I don't know. And oh fucking hell. It was the boom of zombie media oh. that was, you know, it was just exploding. We had Resident Evil, we had 28 Days Later, we had Dawn of the Dead remake proving that the genre was viable again. So Romero decided it was time to stick his toes back in the water and take back his crown. His Let me show these young bucks <laughs> what zombies are really about. Yeah. Grandpa's home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After the success of Dawn of the Dead in 2004, Universal Pictures signed on to produce Romero's next film. Romero apparently had previously written a script, though, like which was submitted to studios only a few days before 9-11. But in the wake of the terrorist attack, like no studio was comfortable proceeding like with a violent zombie movie for a long time. So, <laughs> Maybe not now. Yeah, so yeah. this delay like allowed Romero to rewrite the script, and it, it included like the themes of terrorism and freedom versus security, which were really relevant in the new normal post 9-11 America. So that's why we get this crazy thing. And like Dennis Hopper's character, Dennis Hopper told him, I'm going to play this like Rumsfeld. This is how I read it. And he's like, that's exactly how I saw it. Like, that's exactly it. That's how I wrote it. So that's kind of cool. They were friends for quite a while. I think like over the years, because when Night of the Living Dead came out, Dennis Hopper had just released Easy Rider roughly around the same time. So they were like these young bucks in Hollywood having their like awesome independent films changing the whole entire landscape together, mm. like in just kind of different genres. And uh, so they, they knew each other for a long time. So Dennis Hopper was like really excited to be in this film, which is great. I just wish he would have done more. Yeah. Apparently his... Uh, Cigar budget was more than um, the budget for the original Night of the Living Dead as well. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's like one of those things where it's like, you know, there's more, you know, what, like the co- the computer in your phone is essentially more sophisticated than the one they had on like the uh, fucking ship that took them to the moon. Yeah. You know, it's like, how the fuck yeah. did that work? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Time and money, baby. Time and money. <laughs> well, as I mentioned on the Day of the Dead episode, so do you remember I was saying there was like a crazy script that Romero had written and it just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Like gone with the wind. Budgets. He like so, saved the idea. Yeah, so the original script for Day of the Dead contained a much larger scope, which would have seen scientists living in a fortress protected by electrical fences with the military underground. So he took that and put that into this film where there's the electrical fence around and basically all the people living in a fortress but of course there wasn't the scientist military but he just decided to go hey class system like in (laughs) in modern america the shrinking of the 
of the you know middle class yeah, basically middle class. but then there was a the whole idea as well of a small unit of army trained zombies which he was going to have in day of the dead which didn't get, end up getting made yeah. but you had bub but then they've evolved to this where there are zombies who create their own little army and they evolved during the film which i think is kind of a little bit more interesting because if you mm-hmm. i love like from the beginning, and that's what I was saying from the first episode, just wait until we get to the next one and then the next one and then the next one because it is just like a really nice evolution. Like I yeah. really love now it's like, dude, it's it's like the caveman like standing upright and picking up a stick and just being like, oh, I can, you know, I can hit I can somebody. make a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's really interesting, yeah. the evolution of these zombies. If you just turned on this film and there was zombies with machine guns, it would be a bit strange. Like maybe the next film. <laughs> you couldn't jump to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if the, am I wrong? Sorry, tell me if I'm wrong, but while watching this, is Bub in this? Or there, would that zombie just look just like Bub? There, yeah, so... Oh. There oh, is yeah. the zombie in the in the liquor store in the liquor store at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where, yeah, it's it's not. I don't know. I don't know if it's. Meant oh, that's just Bob. a reference. I think it it's might meant just be to a be reference. a reference. But yeah, there is yeah. that Bob-esque quality of a zombie. He had the chain has, around like, him. the chain. Yeah, on his neck and everything. Could Bob should be like a genius by this point. <laughs> if, this, <laughs> if this is playing in any sort of real time, which it kind of isn't, isn't. Yeah. the next one really skewers that, but. He would be like, you know, he would have called, called, he would have led an insurrection at the point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The thing about Bub, uh, he was very much like Big Daddy, though, was the fact that, like, he wouldn't, he wasn't attacking people without, like, a cause. For a cause. Like, he wasn't attacking random humans for no reason. And that was sort of like what Bub was like. So that's where it makes me think that wasn't Bub because Bub, like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. He wouldn't be inside of like a cooler, like you know, in a convenience store and hanging out out. at a payphone trying to call his auntie. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. listening to something on tape. Yeah, Yeah. something on tape. We got MP3s now, but but it's okay. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you get around. Yeah, yeah, my iPod. The thing with like the 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 zombies evolution though that I think is quite interesting in this one is that they they all sort of move in this. They sort of keep whatever profession or costume they were doing, and they keep the sort of same movement, and they feel really individual, even though it doesn't like it looks uniform. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because in the previous like iterations, it doesn't matter if it was the original trilogy, the ones after, or the the spinoffs. They all walked really funny because they haven't figured out what exactly a herd would look like. Mm-hmm. And I think here, I think like it sort of informed the same with like fast zombies, I guess, with like all the Snyder stuff, like it sort of informs what we kind of know of zombie hordes now that they're, they're sort of organized, but they're sort of not, they're sort of pretty individual, but they're also not. And I I guess it still reflects a bit of their humanity in some way, which I think is really interesting, but they're, they're fucking shit up these zombies, but they (laughs) don't mean to, they're just trying to get by. I love it when they were like attacking people in the, in the lobby of of the building. Yeah. Just going crazy and rolling around in the furniture. That's so like, there's moments to this film that are so Romero that I did like. So I didn't actually like, I didn't, I kind of disliked this film as a whole, but I still had a fun time. Yeah, because of the too. zombies because they were like Romero's the zombies, zombies are, are dead so on fun. still 
They're yeah. like Classic. you said, Arianne, they all like, like I, well, and I joked, they're occupational zombies. Like they're like, they're, yeah, they're exactly. always, they're, you got the butcher, always, you got like, the guy who slammed yeah. the door down. Butchers, the wives, cheerleaders. <laughs> you know, I fucking love the You got your clowns, oh you got God. your football, the clowns. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's like so memory. many clown different, zombie. yeah, clown zombies. So scary. But yeah, there's just like everything, like whatever they were at the time they turned into a zombie, that's them now. And it's just interesting. So you have a butcher's cheerleader, the band. The tuba and the tambourine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. And, you know, they were playing uh, the gonk at the beginning. Like, when uh, they showed them, they were playing a little bit of the gonk, but just really zombified. So yeah, we have Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright as zombies in this yeah, film as well. Yeah, I was looking for them, and I didn't really I catch them. Who are they? Them. Yeah. Okay, so do you remember the really shitty, like, underground thing where there was the fight going on it was the seedy like underbelly and uh the trashy yeah, bar you remember yeah. the photo booth zombies like the two zombies they were taking photos with oh yeah oh that was Simon Pegg and Eric, right? the ones that were on challenge oh, with going, like, ah, the rich lady with ah. the, yeah. and the girl's like yeah, ah. yeah. Oh. yeah that's funny because I would I kind of I like left on that shot a little bit I like I think I, I like stopped the film and I was like just the implication of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they become this, a spectacle now. They become yeah. a spectacle. And I imagine this young, because it's like a young girl, and it's like, is this like now a rite of passage? It's like when you grow up, it's not like you go get a drink. It's like, oh no, you're actually going to go get to see. Yeah, exactly. You're going to go see the zombies. And it's like, you've been talking about zombies. You've been probably taught about zombies your whole life. You know you're trapped yeah. because of this, but you've never seen them. And then at one point you go see them and they're a joke. Yeah. And then, but in the middle of all that, they're about to come in like a fucking wave and destroy yeah. their world a little bit. But yeah, that bit really freaked me out. I don't know why. That's such a fucking zeitgeist. It was the implication, yeah. you know? The implication, yeah. We're talking about like the Walking Dead at the beginning. And the main reason yeah. was because like I was saying they used the word walkers in this film, which is very, it was yeah. like, whoa, walkers, uh-oh. Yeah, you call them um, walkers? So... Mm. There's so much about this film that I think is like very Walking Dead was influenced by. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. he it's started writing the, the comics around this time. Like, In 05, like, yeah. So I can I imagine Robert Kirkman was like taking a lot of qualities to this because they have runs. Like, where yeah. they're yeah, they go on runs. They're called walkers. Yeah. They have a society. Sort- like fortresses. Yeah. Like, there's uh, currency. Using, yeah, currencies using zombies as you know uh basically yeah. as fun as like there's certain entertainment entertainment yeah there's certain yeah. uh sectors of different groups and the stuff that use these. Yeah. yeah phil i think you would kind of enjoy walking dead <laughs> like it's Dude, kind you of would fun. dig it it's kind I, of I probably would, you, yeah. would yeah. you would dig the first maybe three four seasons it's got its and ups and downs out. there's it's got there's, its ups and downs nine and ten i think are quite good as well yeah there's later oh, seasons that are really good yeah yeah i would like to show. check it out i'm a bit dumbied out now yeah but i would like to go to it because there's so much life in that idea and yeah. because yeah like you were saying john ignoring all the spin-offs and stuff the the georgia romero movies have almost played like a theory so far yeah, yeah, and sure. uh, yeah, different characters, but they've all sort of progressed the same themes and threads, and the zombies have evolved. So I'd actually like to see that played out literally with a bunch of people. What happens? Like, try and make a life because it's yeah. always the film. I these films either always end at that point or start, you know, cut that bit off. You never actually get to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of 
interesting just the kind of like different ways that Romero wants to look at society. And it just, I think that is kind of what makes these films great just because they are not linked at all. And they kind of like, mm. there's never really any true sequels uh, yet. Um, but there are <coughs> characters that appear in films. So we can get into a little bit more of the zombies. Tom Savini returns. Yeah. But he is Blades, the machete zombie. Pretty much. He cut the leather jacket and everything. I promised you, Phil, back in the day from the Dawn of, Dead, Dawn of the Dead episode, the original, I said, just wait. Will he return? It was nice. This was his return. It was he lovely back, to see him. But this is the Got zombie fight kill. version of him. So it's a nice yeah. explanation online because people are just like, he's just credited as the machete zombie, but everyone online just says he's, that's Blades. That's him. And, and, and it works. How it happened was that he fell into the water. He uh, was protected from zombie bites. So he died naturally and he turned into a zombie himself. So then he, the rule. he comes out of the water and he's all bloated and he's Tom Savini uh, <laughs> 20 years later. 20? That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, he made it at the mall. Yeah. Yeah, finally. It's funny, though, because leading up to it, I was like, I felt like there was lots of Romero was like referencing himself in a cool mm-hmm. way. And I thought Cholo was just, in general, was a reference to Blade. Oh, He's yeah. Like, like a Hispanic character leading like a motorcycle gang. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, this is like a modern version of it. Yeah. Again, like, like you said that well, Ari, I do. And he doesn't next time as well. And that's something you can't fault him for yet. It's, it's you know, really leaning into the modern mm-hmm. aesthetic and not being afraid of using modern technique techniques and themes in his zombie films. Yeah. It actually helps them. It's that probably helps them along and keeps them relevant. Yeah, it keeps like that timeless quality as well. At least at least for me. I mean again, I agree with you completely. Like there's so many things in this film that have really like let it down uh, unfortunately but there are still some things like um i completely forgot about that scene in front of the the photo booth zombies Mm. and i just thought that like fuck like if you reflect that back and we always do this nearly every episode we like we kind of link it to this is what we're living through now a pandemic of sorts yeah imagine fucking people taking pictures like with their masks (laughs) or or, like whatever the covid of that is it it like feels insane, but it's also completely plausible because that's mm-hmm. exactly the world, like the kind of world that we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like Romero is always on the money yeah. when it comes to that sort of zeitgeist. And I think that's just some sort of fucking gift that he has. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not he understands people yeah, it's or, or, or not, he 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 there's something that he gets there that's like I mean, I get it. It's nihilistic, this one. But again, there's also that sort of optimism of like, actually, if we can save people, we can try and save as much as as many as we can. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or oh, yeah, at least end. each other, you know, like like at the end when he. That's something worth saving. I'm there's nothing worth killing. saving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though, you know, fucking sucks that all those people had to die. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's Jurassic Park, right? It's like Jurassic Park themed. Re- Seemed ridiculous. Exactly. Why would people ever go to this island? But now having seen a pandemic and people just openly going around without masks, unvaccinated, with a deadly fucking virus around, I'll never question it again. Yeah. Exactly. You know, people will run Zombie into influencers danger. influencers in the future. I, it's fucking fire Festival. This is literally. Island. You mean to tell me if you, if you heard that someone actually did clone a dinosaur 
and had an island of dinosaurs that you wouldn't be slightly intrigued by what's going I on? I would be there you... in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. But I mean, okay. We plan a road trip. Yeah. Okay. What would I be? The Jurassic Park franchise. I would expect sequel. to die. Why would people? Yeah. But why would people yeah. keep coming back to that <laughs> island? Yeah. It's safe now. We got balls that you can run around in. <laughs> Chris Pratt's there. No, yeah. we're not safe. Yeah, he can talk to Raptor. Bryce Dallas <laughs> Howard and her high heels will save us all. Yeah. Um, sorry, we've seen Jurassic World at work, so uh, it's not a good time. There's a couple of like dumb characters in this film. Like we already said, you know, you have Pretty Boy as Joanne Bowling as Pretty, Pretty Boy. Boy. We have Tony Napo as Foxy. Tony uh, Munch as Anchor. So these are all like dead reckoning crew members, and it's sort of like. Cool ass Matrix names. They, <laughs> yeah, they look cool. They have cool names, but they basically are just crew members. They don't care who's leading the charge. They're yeah, willingly no to loyalty. change. Like, yeah, they'll change loyalties at a heartbeat, and it's just like, all right, yeah. cool, whatever. Uh, we interesting. So we had Sean Roberts as uh, the rookie at the beginning of the film. He gets killed because Cholo decides to go and get that shit for get some beer, beer money, yeah. uh, but. He's Sean Roberts, so he uh, plays famously Albert Wesker in another zombie film, Resident Evil Afterlife, and also <laughs> its sequels, Retribution and the Final Chapter. So he's well-versed in zombie films, but also maybe we'll see him next week. <laughs> oh, shit, I just realized. Fuck. So we have uh, Sasha Royce's Manolette. You have Krista Bridges as Motown. <laughs> hey, Motown. And Pedro Miguel Arce is Pillsbury. <laughs> so, that would be a good one. That would be my nickname. Pillsbury? Pillsbury? Call, call me Twinkie or something. No, I'm going to call you Pillsbury. Pillsbury, that's good. Phila- I mean, we're talking Pennsylvania. Call me Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh, in West Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, born and raised. Oh, my God. The yeah. Fresh Prince. He went to Beverly Hills during the apocalypse. I- He's like, fuck this. <laughs> I've seen Fear the Walking Dead. Things don't go well in yeah. California. Beverly Hills is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so those characters are fun. I mean, they kill Manolette off pretty quick. Motown just gets punched. And Pillsbury's kind of fun. But it's sort of like too many characters, so I don't care. That was sort yeah. of that. <laughs> um, Greg Nicotero appears as the breachkeeper yeah. zombie. And... Yeah. Famously, George A. Romero puts himself in all of his films. This time, he was the voice of the puppet show bit. And that was, oh, like, like, I was like, this is the Santa Claus. <laughs> you remember that? The fucking Punch and Judy yeah. bit? Yeah. Yeah, it was really ah. weird. I like that bit. I like people telling stories and stories. Yeah. Like, he's already onto that idea. I mean, next week, fucking hell, really. Ahmed <laughs> yeah. would like, love yeah. these movies. Yeah. yeah, but like what happened in these movies, how people rewrite history and tell, park down these legends and how they'll be remembered and how these are how lessons are missed because people are biased and every time they tell it, the story changes. And it's obviously just a nugget of that idea in that scene. But yeah. I always like that. I always like people sitting around. Like, sorry, Star Wars. Return of the Jedi, that scene with C-3PO is telling the Ewoks about what their adventures in through the galaxy. It's the most Star Wars scene ever. Yeah, yeah. I know people hate Ewoks, but it's beautiful because it's literally a children's story. Yeah. So it's great. And that's why I like it. It feels like that. I love the Ewoks. I love Ewoks. 
More Ewoks. If anything, there should be more Ewok. Ewok <laughs> TV show. John Favreau, where you at? Yeah. Ewoks on Disney Plus, and it's like a late night show, but it's all Ewoks, and it's completely in their language. All of our Patreon subscribers are going to be like, yeah. you guys are fucking liars. John and Phil, you are <laughs> fucking liars. <laughs> I love Ewoks. Yeah. So. Well, the music was done by Reinhold Hell and Johnny Climb. Like I said, I mean... It, it did nothing for me. It's too modern. It, there was very nothing interesting about it at all. <laughs> yeah, very naughty. It's like just there's nothing should have interesting. Been, out should of have it. been Limp Bizkit, man. It should have been Limp Bizkit. I <laughs> yeah. swear to God. Rob Zombie. Lincoln Park, Eminem. <laughs> yeah. There's that sort of action movie score, but then like the weird horror. Like there was too. Like there was jump scare cues and stuff, and that was kind of annoying. That was what I kind of disliked about this, but Romero was doing what he was doing with the times. And also, I'm not entirely sure uh, he didn't have someone in his ear the entire fucking time. Like producers from Universal. Again, into the like, studio one. This? Yeah, this is a big budget studio film. Earlier script titles for this included uh, Twilight of the Dead, Ugh. Dead City, and Dead Reckoning, which was the same name Dead as Reckoning. a military vehicle. Romero said that in an interview that uh, one of the first potential film studios, 20th Century Fox, wanted the film to be named Night of the Living Dead. He refused, wanting to use the Dead Reckoning title, and the studio hmm. wanted him to title it Night of the Living Dead, Dead Reckoning. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it turned out that Fox wanted basically to own the rights to Night of the Living Dead franchise. So uh. Romero decided not to do business with them. So that's when he went to Universal and they just settled on Land of the Dead, which is, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind it, but it's, I think because of the time thing, like with the original mm-hmm. series, it just like the rest of the films don't have that sort of like iconic sounding name, but it's okay i don't know i like land it sounds like land before time that's literally the first <laughs> thing i thought of like sounds like a dinosaur yeah. movie i mean i don't i don't like da- i don't like day of the dead at the name like that just feels like really really el- like anticlimactic not because yeah. day isn't imposing yeah but it's fucking great movie well. exactly movie so, fucking rules so exactly so <laughs> what are we gonna what are you gonna do yeah like if they called it Dead Reckoning, it should be about the crew of that ship. It should have been kind of more. Yeah. It should have. Yeah. You know, I was just saying. I was thinking like, if the soundtrack sounded kind of like I don't know, maybe the Matrix Revolutions or any of the <laughs> Matrix movies, I would have tolerated it. I the, think that's the know, thing better. though. That was something this film yeah. missed. Was like we missed like yeah. that crew's adventure. This was at the end of their adventure, like yeah. where the two most important people were like, "We're done with this." But I'm like, <laughs> but. What about yeah, that adventure? What ab- I want to see this. I want to see what your adventures your out there. Point? Yeah, what Let made you it. go, I'm done? Like, <laughs> yeah. and who is this fucking weird, like, Irish clan of people? Like, the. Oh, the, yeah, who just I, take over I, the I town. Completely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It, it was what, like look, a gang. <laughs> look, did, look, this is the thing, right? It was very ganged in New York. Yeah. But it was like, <laughs> there's so much detail with, like, the zombies in this movie. Yeah. But, like, there's details with the people that just keep falling through and it's like that's a weird mistake to make because like I'm assuming things were cut out but it's like films are expensive so nothing happens by accident Yeah. so when this Irish dude gives Riley shit and then his son starts coughing 
And he's like, what's wrong, my boy? And they cut away. <laughs> you think, oh, his son is going to turn. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Nothing happened. He's just low yeah, class. He's just trash people. It, literally. Like and then at the end, he's like, oh, we're just yeah. going to fucking, you know, we're just going to fucking take over town, make yeah. it better for people. We're, I mean, was this a decision to make it feel sort of Dickensian? Like, you know, these are the poor people. Oh, he's Maybe. got the Irish accent. It's, it's very like, tale of two cities. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bizarre. The poor people feel Dickensian. Yeah. And Dennis Hopper and his people feel like American psycho. Yeah, they do. You know? yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. hell. It's bizarre. George A. Yeah. Romero intended to make this film in his hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, the story is set there, and it kind of looks like it, but it's actually made in Toronto, Ontario, because the producer- Where he's trying to go. He thought he made it. Oh, where he's trying to go. That's where Riley's trying to go. He's already in Canada. You're there all along. Get a map. (laughs) Yeah, but the producers wanted to take advantage of a Canadian tax incentive, so they (laughs) decided to set it there, and the locations uh, of Toronto had been you know, altered to look more like Pittsburgh, but it was the first of Romero's dead films to feature CGI, and- there, a lot of that was like basically I saw some clips of like you know when the zombies like break through that 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 gate or whatever uh, that mm. was weird I forgot about that okay so they chop like he he te- Big Daddy teaches that butcher to use his mm. you know his fucking knife to cut the board open to see through and see like into like the fortress area of Fiddler's Green and. There's a zombie jump scare, like where the zombies get scared of a zombie swinging in front of the. Do you that was cool. That? It was yeah, weird, yeah. though. It's it like, was weird. Like, do zombies get afraid of things? Like, they can feel zombies are people, bro. Are you not listening to these movies? Zombies are people. Inside, bro. People are inside, bro. They are us, bro. 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 <laughs> bro, wait, but to blow your mind right we now. We used to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. like, you guys sound like yeah. Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bro, 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 bro. You're gonna, bro. you're gonna be on they, here on the internet, bro, listen, bro. <laughs> bro, these dumb, they're like us, bro. They like used to be us, but they're like still us. Bro. So if you're like killing them, you're like killing us, bro. Them, bro. You get yeah. that inside you, inside that zombie. Bro, you ever have a zombie inside you, bro? <laughs> Two zombies that um, once, bro. <laughs> That whole shot was actually CGI. That was a green screen behind them, and they yeah. just like superimposed the city. So There's there was CGI a lot of CGI. There. there was plenty of uh, practical effects, though, which was yeah. done by Greg Nicotero taking over. Hey, taking no, over. No. He was supervising great all the job. special effects. Did a great job. Really yeah. great job. Yeah. Like the fucking belly button. Ugh. Oh, Ugh. shit. The belly, yeah. belly button ring just. Well, uh, and the fucking classic. him Gross. holding I think I already said it but that was genuinely one of my favorite oh, the holding head, the yeah. head and yeah. the body just falling away oh shit that's also like yeah, classic yeah. Nick Otero as in on The Walking Dead that is all he does fucking heads come off yeah oh, I love that shit out. Yeah. it's it's yeah, people's heads get bashed in, and you see it. Yeah, he learned so yeah. much from Tom Savini. <laughs> yeah, no, the effect genuinely it would have that would have really let. That would have been a big letdown if the effects went up to scratch, but yeah. I'm glad they were in this one. Mm-hmm. They're really, really cool. Well, Land of the Dead was released in June of 2005, making 46.8 million dollars worldwide on a budget of 19 million dollars. So it's the highest budget for any Romero zombie film, but it was also the second highest earner of any Romero zombie film behind Dawn of the Dead. So he still mm. never got past the great highs, the highs of Dawn of the Dead. 
It was also the first uh, film in the series to have an MPAA rating as it was theatrically released as an R. Because if you remember, the very first film was pre-MPAA, and then the second two films were all like, fuck this, we're getting an X because I want to <laughs> go gory as fucking possible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> critically, the film was pretty well received. Lots of critics applaud Romero's message and his satirical take on modern American life with the military-hungry society and class divisions. But mm. there were some people that were kind of like, eh. But for the most part, people actually do really like this one. Uh, several filmmakers, including John Landis, Eli Roth, Clive Barker, Guillermo del Toro, they all paid tribute to Romero and Land of the Dead in a special on the DVD. Guillermo del Toro said, finally, someone was smart enough to realize that it was about time and gave George the tools. It should be a cause of celebration amongst us that Michelangelo has started another ceiling. It really is a momentous occasion. There was actually a video game prequel released later in 2005 called <laughs> Land of the Dead Road to Fiddler's Green. And <laughs> it is rated as one of the worst games of 2005. <laughs> uh, of course it is. Every movie game is. Yeah. So that's it. Romero's back. He's back in the zombie business. And it's all uphill from here, right? <laughs> see, next week we'll we'll see because he decided to follow land of the dead only two short years later where he explored merging media with diary of the dead the office <laughs> as always you can follow us at breadcrumbs pod on twitter and instagram and learn more about the breadcrumbs collective at breadcrumbscollective.com Feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about this show. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast app and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Do it. it really helps us grow the show. Do it, do it, and do it. And please, dude, please help us. Um, <laughs> help <laughs> you don't us, have to, please. but you should. Sure. Um, no, it's really helpful for us. So thank you. Uh, so stay tuned next week for Diary of the Dead. So these zombies, Ooh. like, they're going to be writing and diaries dear diary dear diary dear zombie diary <laughs> the zombie diary the zombie diary yeah the zombie diaries there we go yeah oh. narrated by little zombie. Little zombie. Zombie. little zombie is he gonna be there next week i hope so Damn, dude, little zombie i can't wait. Yeah. wait i'm really interested to see this next film <laughs> i forgot to say i was thinking that i saw dire of the dead years ago you know when i i've said this like um i think earlier in past episodes but it was really my end of the dead that i had seen i just thought it was all <laughs> diary of the dead. yeah so i mixed them up where was the diary in this movie yeah god we're talking about title diary the worst one i feel like john lugazamo had a diary a dead diary Dear Diary, today Dear Mouse diary. said I can... Today I played Luigi. <laughs> today Dear diary. I played Luigi. Yeah. The boss wouldn't take my beer. Dave <laughs> Mouse said that I was going to finally move out of the house and I was going to move into the upper echelon of Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's Green. <laughs> but the boss said, nah, son. Nah. So I said, I'm going to blow up your city. Let's see how it goes. Stay tuned till next week. <laughs> so I took a truck so now I'm on the road <laughs> see you guys next week <laughs> this podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective home of the Pod Charles Cinecast K 
caged-in Coppola connections, a Drooptown Limery Main, franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.